Oh, we're giving praise, guys. We praise God for a, another Sunday. Um, this is the last Sunday of the month. So we're coming to the end of the first month of 2022. We're giving praise um, that he's bringing us here. And we just pray that he will just set up February, that it will be a month of Jesus, a month of where he reveals himself to us in even deeper ways. All right. So as mentioned last week, um, this week, Last week and this week, we're going to look at a couple of Psalms before we kick off our next series. Um, Josh preached a um, really strong word last week on Psalms, which made me look at it completely in a different way, to be honest, which has helped me with my with my sermon. So today I'm going to be looking at Psalm 23, a well-known um, chapter, a well-known chapter in, in the Bible. So let me just pray and then we'll kick off, guys. So, Lord, have your way today. I pray that you will just set people's hearts to be ready to receive from you, that people's hearts will be made soft, so they will be receptive to hear from you. I pray that even though I have prepared the word, Lord, I pray that you'll be you that will speak unto people. And I pray that as I open my mouth, that you will fill it with your words. And I pray, Lord, that you can lead me, Lord, in any way that you see fit. And I pray, Lord, that those who are hungry for you, that they shall be fed today. Her name we pray. Amen. All right, so um, let's get into it. Can someone read Psalm 23, please? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of, sh of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Mm. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Mm. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen, amen. Give him praise. We give him praise. Yeah, big boy psalm. Um, I guess when we let me go back a couple of steps when we talk about a psalm just the book of psalms is a collection of hymns poems songs prayers um, some of them are actually you know sung by choirs in the temple and I think it's important to say that these psalms are expressions of you know people's thoughts mm -hmm. their feelings sometimes even their frustrations even their questions and also calling out their blessings and praises to God and like the reason why I like the Psalms is that you can find a Psalm depending on how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can find a Psalm that you can use when you're in a point of joy. You can find a Psalm when you're like feeling that out, oh, the world is against me. You can find a Psalm when you're just frustrated. Mm -hmm. The power in the Psalm is that it's real. You know what I mean? In terms of they're being written to express how someone feels at, at a particular time. And also it gives us a guide and that we can be honest with God that we can be like naked and real with him and that we shouldn't be we shouldn't feel weird when we're like why am I why am I frustrated I mean why do I have questions is it wrong for me to feel joy these are all these are all things that I find to do and for us to do it in front of God so let's not as I, as I say try and pretend and have a pretense when it comes to God because he already knows then there's no point of us going to him saying, oh, let me not show my frustration to him because God doesn't want to see it. He knows you're frustrated. So show, so, so, so let him know. 
know what I mean? In terms of sometimes you can, can even feel guilty to have joy because you can feel like, oh, I shouldn't, you know, a Christian person is not meant to like be joyful and happy. We're meant to be, you know, always sad all the time. So like be, be real with him would be, would, would be my, um, like my, my, my first call just based on Psalms itself. So the Psalm 23, it says in my, in my book, a Psalm of David. So a lot of us know who David is, one of the big boy characters um, within, within um, the Bible. I mean, some would say he's on par with Daniel, but you know, he's, he's up there, he's up there, he's up there um, as, a, as a Bible character. And so we know David is an anointed, he was an anointed king. And you, you go back a couple of steps. David um, was, when, he, when it came down to actually find, find who to be king, yeah, the prophet Samuel, he went to Jesse, David's father, and said, one of your sons is, is going to be the king. And they went through all the sons. And then Samuel's like, do you have another son? For those who know the backstory. And David was out in the back looking after the sheep. That says to me that when Samuel, when, when Jesse, the father, was told that one of your sons is going to be the king, he had already disqualified David. That in his eyes, it can't be him. It, 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 it's not going to be him, the, like the young one, the one who likes the sheep. It's not going to be him. And so my first thing to say is that even though some people may have disqualified you, disqualified me, it all comes down to what, how the Lord has qualified us. And sometimes it isn't about um, how man sees, it's about how God sees. And so that even though the, you look at whether that is your doing your the house cleaning, whether you're um, at, working hard at school or you're working hard playing sports, don't see it as insignificant. The Lord is able to um, to see that the way you steward that and call you into greater things. I mean, we've, we spoke about this in our series called, you know, how God used the little things. And so one, David, is not his dad disqualifies him to be a king. But then we know that David is not even just a shepherd. He's a, he's a guy that can play the harp. Mm. You know what I mean? So he's a shepherd, he can play the harp. And then also we see through time, through him being able to play the harp in, in a way he becomes um, an armor bearer and harpist for King Saul. Mm-hmm. Then later on we see him um, coming, c- coming out and saying, you know what, I can go and kill Goliath. Then later on we see him, he kills Goliath, he's, he, he becomes famous. We see him getting chased by King Saul. David's life is um, filled with a whole heap of stuff. But one, week, one thing we can definitely say is that he was being led by a spirit. And one thing I say as well in that you don't see David, it's almost like David doesn't kill Goliath with the intention that he's going to become a king. David doesn't, David doesn't kill a lion and a bear that was going to um, kill to kill one of his sheep with the intention that if I do this I'm going to become a king like my thing always is this steward the day that you have take on hold t- take hold of the day that you have and the Lord will do the rest and I mean like in terms of rather than if I do this I'm going to become something great just do whatever is in your hand well and the Lord will do the rest all right let's get straight into this um I'm going to read from the amplified verse one the Lord is the shepherd. Thank you, Amariah. Uh, come on, the Lord is the shepherd. No, it says the Lord is my shepherd. So here David is straight away saying, 
He's my shepherd. Then this is now we're getting into, um, it's personal. And my first question is this, when we read this psalm, every time when David says he's my, what he leads me, is that true for you? Now, I mean, so he's saying that he is my shepherd. Now, I mean, he, he leads me. He is my pastor. So now we go, as when you're talking about shepherd, we're now moving into metaphors now. If he's my shepherd, David must be what? Thank you. So if he's saying he's my shepherd, David is seeing himself as sheep. And sometimes, you know, even us, we can start using metaphors in how we even maybe like want to speak to the Lord for those who want to write their own potential psalm. If I said to you, the Lord is my Google, what would that mean? That would be, for me, that would mean that the Lord is my Google because he's able to answer all my questions. And I mean, because Google is a place where you go to. So it's like, so this is, so he's using the word shepherd because it means it's something significant to him, David. And Another thing is what well that we see here in that we can't ignore our experiences. David is looking at God through the lens of his experience. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that he is my shepherd. Why? Because David was a shepherd. I mean, so, he, so he's able to look at God through that. And I like this quote that T.D. Jake said, God can't be explained. He is revealed. Mm. And it's like, it's, so David now was able to take a step back and say, hold on, no, me as a shepherd, I mean, as a shepherd, I've got to feed my sheep, I've got to protect them, I've got to take them around, I've got to make sure they can eat. The things that I do for my sheep, that's what God does for me. So he's able to look at God through his experience. And it's like, so once again, I don't want us to throw and dash away our experience and be like, ah, oh, it's nothing. I mean, we can use it for, we can use it as a lens to look to look to to, to, to to understand God. And this is, it, it's another thing as well, this is with some, some people, some people have bad relationships with their father. Mm. And so because they have bad relationships with their father, mm. they struggle to connect with God. Mm -hmm. And I mean, based on, based on, based on the, based on their um, poor experience, but, you know, but we know that David's experience with Jesse probably wasn't great because he, who's probably seen as disqualified and so it's about us also being careful that we 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 change those experiences and be like ah oh, even though i had a bad father that's not who my that's not who my true father is mm. am i making sense guys yeah. cool so david's experience is significant and he used it to look at god we know that through time i mean like from david being a shepherd he'd be used to become a leader etc but what does a shepherd do so we know that they, in the Amplified, we know that they guide, we know that they um, protect, we know that they feed. And there's a good example of what David does as a shepherd that we can learn from. Can someone read 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33 to 36? And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against his first thing to fight with him for you are but a youth and he has been a man of war from his youth but david said to saul your servant used to keep sheep from his father and when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock i went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth and if he arose against me i caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him your servant has struck down both lions and bears 
and his uncircumcised Philistines shall be one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. So here you um you see David, a shepherd, saying that he's qualified to kill Goliath because he has, you know, dealt so to kill Goliath because he's killed lions and bears to protect sheep. And that is, so you're seeing a, 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 an example of what a shepherd does. And another thing you see as well, that which is a perfect picture of Jesus, but you see the type of David, so David being a type of Jesus. Israel defeats the Philistines through one person. So we're all taking, we're, we're all there just like, they're all waiting and they, they get victory through one person. David deals with Goliath and Israel wins. The same way the sheep is being taken, but it's the shepherd that protects them. That's, that, that's why whenever I hear people start saying, it was, I did this. I dealt with the enemy. Right. I delivered them. Mm-hmm. I prayed them through. Mm-hmm. I did this. I did this. I did that. It's always through him. Mm-hmm. It's always through God. It's not through our own strength, our own power. We're just we're, we're just vessels, vehicles, and conduits for God to do His thing. Now, I mean, He He has destroyed the enemy, and we just walk through that victory that He has already given us. And we see that we see, and the children of Israel had to go through the wilderness, in terms of they're going through the wilderness, and they're having to be guided, shepherded by God. Now, I mean. And they're even fed by God. Does everyone know about manna? Mm-hmm. So manna comes down from heaven for that particular day. And they're meant to eat that manna for that day and not eat and not try and save it for another day. They need to, meant to eat that for that day. Mm-hmm. And then also they're guided through the wilderness, for those of you who remember, through a pillar of fire and through a cloud. So that it, it, it guides them when it stops. That's when they're meant to stop and rest. When it moves, that's when they're meant to move. Also, it's protected them as well. As mentioned, that fire keeps them warm during the night. And then the cloud protects them from the sun during the day. So it's both guiding them and protecting them. So Israel were shepherded by God in the wilderness. My question to you, who is your shepherd? Who guides you? Are you guided by your thoughts? Are you guided by your emotions? Are you guided by what you, by what you watch on TV? Mm. Are you guided by Google? Who guides you? Why do you do what you do? Why do you go to the place that you go to? Who is guiding you? David says, he is my shepherd. Who is your shepherd? Still in verse one, guys. And I shall not once this means that sometimes we read this yeah and i think we sometimes some of us will be like ah i get what i want that's not what it says i shall not want i shall not be in lack that's what it means i shall not be in lack i think um, i preached a couple i'm gonna mention one of the sermons and that whenever we ask and we pray the lord will give us it will give us what is to our benefit and what is to our advantage. A lot of times we think that when we ask for something, we get exactly what we want. What we want is 
what God wants us to have because we know it will be to our benefit and to our advantage. And so you see a perfect story in 1 Samuel 21 where David is running away from Saul. He goes to a place called Nob and he's literally, he's just dashed, he's just gone. He's got no food, he's got no, um, and he's got no weapons. And he comes across a priest called um, Hamiliac and he's like, you got any food? And he's like, well, we ain't got no bread, common bread, but we've got some holy bread. And so he gives him the holy bread, which is only meant to be for the priest, and he eats that. And he's like, do you actually even have any weapons? He's like, well, we've got Goliath's sword, you can have that. And so it's like, this for me is a perfect example of God providing, in that it's like, yeah, God provides. And this is why all good things come from him. And I mean, David could have said, oh yeah, I was, you know, I was really strategic. I knew that Himiliac would have something. You know what I mean? That that's that's why that's why I went there. You know what I mean? It's like it, I, I knew Goliath's Goliath's sword was there. God provided. You know what I mean? Your 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 promotion came from him. You know what I mean? Even like we're you know, we're praising and worshipping the Lord for the good news for Amariah, that came from God. God provided. You know what I mean? We lack nothing. We have everything that we need. The question being, do we steward what we need? Do we steward what he's giving us for that day? Let's go into um, verse two. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. See, I like um, here where it says he lets me, some um, scriptures talk about he makes me lie down. A sheep will not lie down unless it's comfortable, unless it, unless it feels that it's in a place of safety. And so this is, saying, this is saying to us that the shepherd will put us in a place where we feel safe to lie down. And when, a lot of times when we think green pastures, we think of um, like the, the farms in like Somerset, we think it's all green. But when you look at pictures in, um, of Israel and around that place, you don't really see those kind of green type of fields. It's a bit more brown and dusty. So when you're talking about green pastures, a lot of times talking about there's going to be greenery around, yeah? In that, uh, I was watching a video about how, how they do with sheep and the green pastures are normally that there's enough greenery, enough greens on the sides, like in the rocks, et cetera, for the sheep to eat. You know what I mean? In terms of like for it to get done. And so it's us to know that the Lord will lead us to a place where we can be fed and he'll lead us to a place where we feel safe and secure to lie down. And he says, he leads me. My question, who's leading you? David says, he leads me. So, the, so we know it's the, it's the Lord that is leading him. Who is leading you? Once again, who, 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 who has your hand? Who is taking you where, you where you are going to? Are you being led by the Lord? Or someone else and everything in this psalm is intentional it says beside the still and quiet waters it doesn't just say waters you know guys it says the still and quiet waters why is that because if you're taken to if you take sheep to loud rushing water they will be scared they they like they, they like still and quiet water and also if it's rushing 
if you um go to close to the water and the water's too strong, next you know the sheep is knocked over and it's being taken by the current. Uh, I remember my dad preached this when I was really young. I think he also says that when the sheep get close to the water, if the, the water's rushing too quickly, the water can actually go into the nostrils of the sheep whilst they're drinking because it's coming too rapidly. So it's perfect. The Lord will put us in an environment that is perfect for us. And when he's leading us, when you look at the word lead, it's referring to taking you to a watering place and taking to a station step by step. I think it's important to know, you know, requires us progress because the Lord is leading us step by step to what to one to one place to another place to one um pasture to another pasture to one part of the um still waters to another still waters we're constantly being led by him from one station to another station and the key thing is to trust in between stations that he's leading us somewhere a lot of us um get worried in between stations like Am I gonna? Am I gonna? Am I gonna rest? Am I gonna drink? Am I gonna get something? Trust the shepherd. The shepherd knows what he's doing. It says that in John sixteen thirteen that the Spirit will guide us into all truth. Question: Is the Spirit guiding you in all truth? It says in Romans eight eight fourteen, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Us as Christians, filled with the Spirit, are being led by a Spirit. That's what we, we should we should allow him to lead us. And as he leads us, he will get, take us into that place of rest. Verse three, he refreshes and restores my soul. When he talks about my soul, we're talking about my life here. Not like, like I I I feel uplifted. He turn he like he turns back. You know when you um have a good night's sleep? Yeah. Have you ever come out of bed with having a good night's sleep and you're like, oh yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready for the day. I see Avia like, like she's almost like yawning, saying, "I don't know what that feels like or looks like," but <laughs> no, I mean, but she wants one. She wants one now, even. <laughs> but that when you're like, "Yeah, I'm ready, reset, I'm good, I'm good to go." Does anyone know what that feels like? Yeah. Maybe just me, boy. When you're fully, fully rested, fully restored, you're good to go, refreshed. 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 We're good to go. And it says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Once again, who is doing the leading? Is it your feelings? Is it your emotions? Is it, you know, your guru? Is it that guy on YouTube that you follow? Or that lady that you follow on YouTube? Who is leading you? Why do you do what you do? And it's paths of righteousness, the right paths that he will lead us. For his name's sake. If I, if I go and look at a quality of sheep and they look, and they look skinny, the sheep, um, what do they call it? Fur, whatever it's called. What's it called? Wool. <laughs> Looks all dirty. I'm not going to blame the sheep, you know. I'm going to look at the shepherd right. and be like, what is going on? Why don't your sheep look fed? Why don't they look good? I'm not blaming the sheep, I'm blaming the shepherd. And so it's, it's the shepherds um, for, their, for their name, their glory, to ensure that we look good, that we're well fed. If not, they get the shame. And so for his name's sake, the Lord is going to lead us. You see, many times 
when people like go to God, but the people will say, I mean, if you treat your people like this, this is going to look bad on you, God. Mm. The number of times you see um, prophets and leaders saying that to, um, to God, like, this is what they're going to say about you if, you if you do this to your people. For his name's sake, a shepherd is judged by his sheep. Even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort and console me. <sighs> big boy. This like, verse 4 is so big. One, we're walking through. I want to let you know that it's not a destination. I want to let you know this is, even though you're walking, even though some of us may be walking through the, the valley, it's not your home. It's not your destination. It's a pass through. It's something that you're going through. And it's something that you will get through. And it's a shadow. It's not real. It's something like, and so it's, so I just want you to know that for anyone, any one of us that are going through a shadow, a dark time, you're going to walk through it. And David knows this. David is a guy being, who's been chased by Saul. David is a guy who people are against him. Saul, king of Israel, is trying to kill him. But he knew that wasn't his destination. He knew that God had something more for him. And that he's walking through it. And that you will fear no evil. Why? Because you, who's you? God is with me. When you have God, you have all that you need. We can't trust in our education. We can't trust in the money in our bank account. We can't trust in how many books we've read. We can't trust in, um, you know, some special prophet touched you. You can't trust in that you got two liters of olive oil that you, that you prayed over. You got to trust in him. You got to trust in him. And as long as he's with you, you are all good. Once again, and we say this a lot, your circumstance, the place that you're in, your circumstance talks about what you're standing in, what surrounds you. That does not define, that does not define you. What matters is that God is in you. I like what um, someone said this about a boat is, a boat is all good sailing on storms as long as it, the water's not getting inside of it. And so you can, you, can, you can sail through storms and get through stuff as long as the water does not get inside of you. Now, I mean, boats, boats crash because they allow what's outside to come inside. And so it's like, no matter what the storm is, you can sail through it and we won't let what's outside come inside. Because I'm going to read Daniel chapter 3, verse 21 25. This is talking about a story about the Hebrew boys who... Um, didn't worship an idol so the king got angry and then he throws him into a fiery furnace this just gives a, a recap of what happened so daniel chapter 3 verse 21 to 25 then these men were bound in their coats their trousers their turbans and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace therefore because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. 
Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counsellors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? He answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So here you see um, the Hebrew boys thrown to a fiery furnace, bound, and within the midst of the fiery furnace, you hear him say, they are loose. And, and so sometimes it's the furnace, the circumstance that will loosen us and allow us to be free. And what matters? Who's with you in that fiery furnace? That is what matters. That's what, that's what, that's what um, David says. I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Why? Why can he do it? Because you are with me. Who's with you? God, the Lord. We have no need to fear because he is with us. And then he says, your rod and your staff. So your rod, does anyone know what that looks like, a rod? I'll tell you, it's like a, it's a, it's a, like a club, like a small baseball bat. They'll use that to... Um, to fence up and kill the bears and the lions, etc. So the rod, so you know you're protected. And the staff is used as a guide to prod, to prod, to prod the sheep. And sometimes when sheep go too wild, you proper prod them and bring them in. And like, no, you need to go here and give, give them a little bit of a whack. And also just, it's like a straight, um, thin stick with a bit of a hook. So you can use it also to extract the sheep out of, if they're, stu if they're stuck in stuff. And he goes, they console me. So, Sometimes we don't like being pushed or being like, no, 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 don't go there. You need to go here. But David says those things, the fact that you guide me, the fact that you can protect me, that gives me comfort. That gives me comfort. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, when someone says, no, don't go there, you know, you can look at your parents and be like, why are you trying to deny me this joy? I mean, why are you denying me this freedom? But we know as parents, that's not good for you. And, in, and, and, and it's like, we're looking ahead and saying that's not good for you. But as a child, you could be like, nah, you're against me. You're against my future. You're not letting me play PlayStation for, for 12 hours. You're against me. But let me read um, Hebrews. Hebrews 12. Verse six, for the Lord disciplines and corrects those whom he loves and he punishes every son whom he receives and welcomes to his heart. Now I'll go to verse 11, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So, it's almost like, don't go there. It seems wrong why you stopped me to go where I want to go to. But in the long term, it's for your benefit. And David, David becomes aware of this and says, you know what? It gives me comfort. It gives me comfort. Let me go to verse five. So almost there, guys. Let me get back to Psalms. Psalm 23, verse 5. <clears throat> you prepare a table before me, the prince of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Mm -hmm. And 
like you have no fear when you're with him. And now, now, now he's even changed the metaphor. Even he's changed the metaphor from sheep to so even being in a banquet, and the table's been prepared in front of your enemies. Well, this is where your enemies are thinking that you're down and done, but he's able to start nah, prepare the table. And in those days, you'll see um, uh, you would anoint people's heads with oils just to like, like to um, give them a spark. Like you see it when date when Jesus is in Simon's house where someone comes with perfume, rubs it on his head in some, in some verses. If you read Matthew 26, 6 or 7, it refers to um, the oil being put onto Jesus' head. And this done in the, and this psalm says, in the, in the presence of my enemies, my cup overflows. That means that, once again, there'll be no lack. You will have more than enough that your cup will be overflowing. So here we can talk about abundance. And verse 6 surely doesn't say maybe doesn't say potentially doesn't say depends it says surely so this is a certainly goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me sometimes it doesn't say that unfailing love shall follow me five days a week it doesn't say that. Unfailing love shall follow me on Sundays. It doesn't say that. It shall follow me all the days of my life. Every day of your life. And even for David to write this, think about, he's saying shall follow me. There was a point when David was being chased by Saul. He's being chased by Saul. And it's like, like looking behind and thinking, oh my days, like it's all there, it's all coming, like it's all gonna get me today, it's gonna get me tomorrow. But he knows that actually what really matters is that God is that God is chasing me, that he's the one that is certainly following me, and and his love is unfailing, and he has mercy, and I will dwell in his presence forever. Sometimes we're more worried about the enemy chasing us. We're more like, uh-oh, be careful, uh-oh, look, at the, the enemy's coming, but we need to have security and confidence in that his mercy is constantly after me. He is constantly chasing me. It's following me. It's like, the, this is like, it's almost... I, when I see this, I'm like, oh, my days, like, God is after me. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he's, he's, he's after me. I'm more worried about the enemy, but I'm just like, but God is following me. Mm. He's following me and he's leading me. We're covered, guys, mm. front to back. We're covered front to back. Mm. Even sometimes um, when I'm walking with, with my children, there's times when... I will go to the back and let them walk ahead of me so that I can see that they're safe and they know where they're going and they know where they're going. It's almost like I'm guiding them and leading them from the back. As the only parent that understands what I'm saying. And it's like, I'm following them, but I'm still leading them. And so it's like front to back, God has you covered. He's leading you as your shepherd, but he's also following you 
with what? With unfailing love. Every day of your life. For anyone that is fearful of their life, that is paranoid of the enemy, that is constantly thinking about, oh, what's the enemy doing today? On oh, my days, are they are they gonna are they gonna are they gonna find me today? On oh, my days, is this gonna be the day where they where they catch me and kill me? Know this: that God is following you every day. And the, where do we want to dwell? In His presence, as we always say. There's no point being anywhere if God isn't there. There's no point being anywhere if God isn't there. Let me finish just by reading John chapter 10. So John chapter 10, verse 27. John chapter 10, verse 27. The sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never, ever perish. No one will ever snatch them out of my hands. My father who has given them to me is greater and mightier than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hands. I and the Father are one. So yeah, if we're with sheep, we're secure because no one can take us out of his hands. So I end this with the question that I started with. Who is your shepherd cool end it there guys praise him